Welcome in to the newest edition of the Justin Time Sports Podcast. I am your owner and host, Justin Jackson, and in this special episode, we'll be discussing the Lamar Jackson public trade request. Now, as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow and turn the post notifications on for Justin Time Sports on whatever social media you fancy, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. I'm on all four of those. And again, if you're returning here, you know what I'm about to say. But if you're new here, sit back and get ready to learn something. Thursday mornings and our weekly episode will still come out on Thursday morning so for you guys who are popping in just for the Lamar Jackson special go back and listen to previous episodes um, and anticipate Thursday morning at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern 9, 9 o'clock a.m. Central Time you will get your weekly Justin Time Sports episode however I could not in good faith as you guys is provider of unbiased truth and unbiased uh, remarks I cannot in good faith allow Lamar Jackson's trade request or should I say public trade request um, go without me having an episode because you know it happens today which is Monday night you got I'm recording this on Monday night um, so by the time you guys hear it it will be Tuesday morning but you know it happened today and I wasn't gonna wait three days for you guys to hear my opinion on this um, now I'll probably still touch on it and give me updates on it on Thursday but I definitely wanted you guys to hear my opinion uh, pretty much as it happened. So, first off, we're going to start off with, before I go into any opinion, before I go into anything, facts, background information, whatever, we're going to start off with Lamar's actual Twitter thread. Um, it says, and I quote, a letter to my fans. Um, and I shared this fully on Facebook. I shared it as well on Twitter. Instagram only has one slide, um, but I definitely shared it completely on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and it says, and I quote, a letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for all of the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing and I appreciate y'all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about. Let me personally answer your questions. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value, any and everyone that that's has met me or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. Y'all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. Um, that's about as definitive of a trade request I've ever seen. And outside of somebody being flat out saying, like, I want to be traded, the fact that Lamar Jackson not only stated I wanted to be traded, but he said goodbye. Um, most people don't say goodbye. Like, Derek Carr said goodbye technically before he was moved, but we all knew that conclusion was coming. Um, we all knew one way or another he was not going to be a, a, a Las Vegas Raider this season. For a multitude of reasons that I won't dive into, it's not the podcast episode for it. Um, but 
openly writing a letter, effectively, um, to the Baltimore Ravens fans before, well, really, in the first acknowledgement, the first public acknowledgement of your trade request is a pretty bold statement. Um, Lamar also goes on to mention that if you want to communicate with him, sign up for his fan page. Um, But to acknowledge at this moment is a pretty bold decision. Now, again, before I go into any opinion, I want to give backstory. Okay, here's what we know. First of all, the date of March 2nd is incredibly interesting. It is super interesting. Um, The date of March 2nd because that is 25 days ago like I mean by the time you guys hear this 26 days ago but here's the thing here's what makes this interesting Lamar Jackson was placed on the non-exclusive franchise tag on March 7th so Lamar Jackson had requested a trade from the Ravens organization before the Ravens placed the non-franchise tag tender on him, or the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar. That's major. Five days later, he requested a trade, and then he placed the non-exclusive tag on him. Now, Adam Schefter popped on ESPN's first take. Um, this episode was in particular was Mad Dog Russo and Marcus Spears. Um, Stephen A's on vacation, and so it was Mad Dog Russo and uh, Marcus Spears. And Schefter popped on and, re- and said that uh, Lamar rejected an offer from the Ravens, or he knows there was an offer given by the Ravens that was for $250 million with $175 million guaranteed against injury. Now, the guaranteed against injury, basically, if you get a career-ending injury, what, how, what, whatever guaranteed language is in the contract is basically fully locked in. So, like, um... You hear, for instance, Kyler. Kyler is going to have $189 million in guaranteed language. Now, it's not what was guaranteed to him at signing, but if Kyler were to suffer a career-ending leg injury, the Cardinals would have to pay him the 189 guaranteed uh, because he technically would be on the roster via injury reserve list through the roster bonuses. It's, it's, it's a little convoluted, but basically they would owe him the 189. So the one, so Adam Schefter specifically made sure to state it's $175 million guaranteed against injury. Um, and so, like, if Lamar were to sign this contract and then hurts his knee and gets a doctor recommendation that he should never play again, he shut down, they would owe him the full 175 Now, for other total guaranteed language, I remember Lamar Jackson was offered 175 Deshaun Watson, of course, $230 million. Kyler Murray, $189.5 million. And Russell Wilson, $161 million. So if the report from Adam Schefter is true, that would place Lamar Jackson's offer at the third most guaranteed dollars in league history. Uh, Beginning behind Deshaun Watson, 230, and the Kyler Murray's 189.5. Now, here's the interesting part. Lamar Jackson recently tweeted out mm, a couple weeks ago that he refuted a report about he was offered $200 million guaranteed. He He responded with three years, 103 guaranteed. Now, that will be $103 million fully guaranteed, I would assume. I'm going to assume, for the sake of the Ravens, that, and because of Adam Schefter reporting at 175, it doesn't make sense for Lamar to say he was offered, or I mean, unless Adam Schefter's source is wrong, but 
Lamar to say he was offered 103 million dollars guaranteed total, and then Schefter to a couple weeks later say it was 175. That doesn't make sense. Um, and so I'm gonna say that the 103 Lamar is referencing is fully guaranteed assignment when he writes his name on the dotted line. What goes into the escrow account? Um, and so he said three years 103. So again, I'm gonna go with 103 million dollars fully guaranteed being the dollar amount. Now, if that is the case, if it's 103 million dollars, Deshaun Watson got 230. Again, we can ask the outlier contract. It seems. Russell Wilson got 124. Kyler Murray got 103.3. So that puts Lamar at least, that puts Lamar in the fourth spot and guarantee that signing money. Now I'm going to go into average annual value. Again, I'm just, I'm thinking in my head, this is a five year contract. It makes sense why, if it's 250 is the offer, it's a five year contract. Lamar tweeted three, but I can't really confirm what his total value of the contract was because he only tweeted three for he only tweeted three for 103. So because of which I don't know his total value, so I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna go with Adam Schefter's number of 250 million dollars, and I'm gonna assume five years because that's the only way the average annual value makes sense. If that is the case, if it is 50 million dollars a year, he would only trail Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers makes 50.3 million dollars. Russell Wilson's 48.5. Kyler Murray's 46.1, Deshaun Watson's 46, and Patrick Mahomes is 45. So again, if the, if the number is 250 million, it's over five years. That's the only again, that's the only way the numbers, the average annual value really makes sense. If it is a five-year contract, that would put him second in the league, only behind Aaron Rodgers. And now, of course, the fun part: cap space. Who can afford him? Like, let's just think logically. Who can afford him without having to maneuver, um, heaven and earth to do so? The top seven teams in cap space are as follows. The Cleveland Browns with $31 million. They got a lot of their cap space money because they converted to Sean Watson's. They have an automatic conversion clause in his contract where they can take pretty much all of his money and make it a bonus. And so they're going to do it every year. It creates like $30-something million dollars a year without even having to think about it. Um, so they're number one with $31 million. Carolina's number two with 11.1 million. They're not interested in Lamar. They have the number one pick. They're gonna draft their guy. Denver's third with 8.71 million. They have Russell Wilson on a massive contract. Not looking to acquire Lamar. The Las Vegas Raiders um, have 7.33 million. I just don't see the benefit of Lamar going there. They don't really have much weaponry wise. And then the same division is Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. This is where it gets interesting, though. Teams 5, 6, and 7, to me, have a very legitimate shot and will be very smart places for Lamar Jackson to land. Team 5 is the San Francisco 49ers. They have $7.2 million in cap. Team 6 is the Indianapolis Colts. They have $7.1 million in cap. And Team 7 is the Washington Commanders. They have $6.6 million in cap. If I'm a Ravens, if I'm a Ravens fan, rather, those are the three things I'm. Those are the three teams I'm worried about. I'm worried about San Francisco. I'm worried about Indy, and I'm worried about Washington. There's some reporting, some minute reporting of um, maybe the Patriots get in it. I'm a Patriots fan. I would love to get in this race. I just don't see it being a Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien situation. Um, although Robert Kraft said that Meek Mill texted him three or four days ago telling him that Lamar wants to be a Patriot um, and then Bob Kraft basically said left it up to Bill like if Bill wants to acquire him it's a Bill Belichick decision um, 
And so that would be interesting for Lamar. But if I'm the Ravens fans, the three teams I'm worried about really is San Francisco, Indianapolis, and the Commanders. Now, the Commanders are an interesting spot. They're being sold. Dan Snyder's going to sell them. Um, rumored in the range of $5.6 billion. Um, so I don't know how much money they will be willing to guarantee to a contract because, you know, you kind of foot the bill or you put all the money into escrow for the next owner. So I'm not really sure um, if Dan Snyder is willing to do that, which in that case leaves San Fran and Indy. Uh, now, John Lynch, GM of the San Francisco 49ers, came out very strong in support of Brock Purdy, saying that they would line up today. Brock Purdy would probably get the first snap. Um, talk about his leadership in the locker room, etc. So, very, very complimentary of Brock Purdy. Indy has been all quiet on the Western Front. So, that kind of leads me to believe that they're at least thinking about it. And if they are thinking about it, the big thing will be timing. Now, so everyone has heard. And I heard it too. I found it out today. Everyone has heard that the non-exclusive franchise tag, if you want that player, you have to give the team two first-round picks that you're getting them from. So I was under the assumption that, like, hey, you know, Lamar's movement would come after the draft, or at least an opening day of the draft, because I'm not going to give you, like, on the Colts, have the fourth overall pick. I would rather draft Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, you know, etc. I mean, they they may have to move to Forrest Buckner. So I'd rather draft a top defensive player, the top defensive player in the draft, a second best defensive player in the draft, then turn right back around to like the first round of the draft is Thursday, Friday, sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet with some crazy contract stuff in there, crazy demands, crazy, you know, poison pill all kind of stuff to try and keep uh, weird structures to try and keep the Ravens from matching. Um, but I would like to immediately sign uh, Lamar to an offer sheet right after that first round of the draft. So that way, if you don't match it, then you get 25 and 26 or 24 and 25. I'm just going to assume because I have Lamar, they're not going to be that bad. Um, not much competition out in the uh, AFC South. Um, Jacksonville is legit, but Tennessee's a mess and Houston's a mess. Um, it's a very, very winnable division. But it turns out that restrict that non-exclusive franchise tender is effectively like restricted free agency in basketball. So what it does is it allows a team. So let's say uh, let's back up. Nah, I'll back up a little bit, but let's clarify a little bit. So let's say I'm going to use the Colts. That's to me, that's the most likely scenario. Although I think the 49ers are a sleeper in this situation. Um, let's say the Colts. I say Lamar Jackson goes to the Colts day after the draft, and they negotiate bang out of contract. Five years, $250 million, fully guaranteed, with some kind of weird cap manipulation, machination stuff going on to try and convince the Ravens, like, stay away. At that point, the Colts would then, and Chris Ballard still running the Colts, so Chris Ballard would then call the Ravens. I forgot who's the new Ravens GM, but he would call the Ravens, hey, which Eric DaCosta. Hey, um, you know, Mr. DaCosta, me and us and Lamar agreed on this contract. Da, 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 da. We're faxing the contract over to you for you to review it, see if you guys want to match it. During the meanwhile, we are going to um, negotiate a contract. So if the conversation two first round picks and that's all you want to accept, so be it, whatever, we'll send you our 24 and 25 first round picks. 
However, if you'd like to negotiate something else, we have five days to do it. That's the part I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought it was just a offer sheet, two first-round picks, bam. I didn't know it was a negotiation period. So, like, during that whole five-day period, until the Ravens either decline the option to match and take the two first-round picks or match it and you keep the player, you can negotiate a trade. So, even though the price is stereotypically two first-round picks, the um, the Ravens can say, you know, the only way you'll get us to not match this contract is if you add a second, a fourth, and a sixth, and then we won't match. So, two first-round picks of second, fourth, and sixth would be the negotiation. The Colts could then go, okay, bet. We'll trade those. We'll get Lamar. Everybody's good. Um, so, that's kind of the situation. I know like, it's a negotiating window for five days. Or if someone, you know, makes a move first. So, at the end of those five days, no one makes a move. Lamar goes to the Colts in a new contract. And then the Ravens get two first-round picks. If, you know, somebody makes a move, then Lamar, you know, could either go or stay, but it'd be inside of the five-day period. Um, so that is the situation there when it comes down to the non-exclusive franchise tag. Now, I see people, when this came out, began to say Lamar needs an agent. People that defended him not needing an agent, now saying Lamar, Lamar needs an agent. I don't think so. He's not in a position of power, but neither necessarily are the Ravens. They're kind of in a position of mutual, we're stuck. Because now the Ravens are taking a beating from the Ravens fans about how, you know, Lamar's the greatest quarterback in franchise history and how, you know, Lamar connected with the area and all these, you know, all these amazing qualities about Lamar. So the, so the Baltimore Ravens themselves are taking a beating. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson's taking a beating. Because now people are looking at him as if he was incompetent, that if he couldn't handle the situation, that he didn't know what was going on. And so now that he has announced that he requested a trade 25 by the time he hit it 26 days ago, it makes it look like, man, how much do they really respect you? Because they just they gave you the non-exclusive franchise tag after you made your request. Um, and so that is interesting to me. Um, but... You know, just running through real quick some possibilities I think that could happen. Um, I think San Francisco is a very interesting situation. If I'm San Francisco, why not call Baltimore? Look, we want Lamar. We'll give you two firsts, two seconds, a third, Trey Lance, and Brock Purdy. We can have them both. And you just give us Lamar. Easy peasy, lemon squeeze. On the Colts, I pick at number four. I pick either Anderson or um, Carter. And then I go pick up the phone. All right. You can have our 24 and 25 draft picks along with DeForest Buckner and a couple other pieces. Um, maybe it's a couple seconds on a third. And you just give us Lamar Jackson. Um, so that is a lot of what's going to happen over the next few days. I don't expect any movement after the draft. Because if you're a Colts, it's hard to go to the number four overall pick. Now, you can look at it this way. That pick was going to be a quarterback. So, since the pick was going to be a quarterback, and you traded the pick for a quarterback, you can basically count your first-round pick as that quarterback. So, it basically be like the Colts drafting Lamar Jackson number four. If that's the case, you're only really trading one first-round pick for the former MVP, and that's a deal I'm not sure anybody with a common brain would pass up. 
It's a very interesting and messy situation. This is the kind of thing that you love in the offseason because it helps carry you through that dull period. Um, but even though the NCAA tournament has tried the hardest. Um, but this is a incredibly um, interesting situation because you don't really know um, what's going on in the Lamar Jackson situation. Now, there's people reporting all kind of things. People, you know, barbershops are sources and an unnamed agent is a source for Lamar. No one knows what's going on. Um, and to me, the perfect solution is that Lamar Jackson ends up with a 49er or a Colt. Five years, $250 million, about 200 guaranteed at signing, and you just play football at that point. Um, and I guess this has been a crazy day, the kind of stuff the offseason is built on. Um, the kind of stuff that carries you through an offseason is, a is you know, a star quarterback requesting a trade. Um, you get Aaron Rodgers and his mess every year, but this is the kind of stuff that really carries you through an offseason. So I'm very intrigued. Now that the public pressure is on, do the Ravens become a little bit more forthcoming in terms of the negotiation? Does Lamar dig in his heels even further and force him his way out? You know, it's, it's a very messy situation. An incredibly messy situation. Uh, we'll definitely keep our eye on it. Um, I just want you guys to hear my opinion on the situation. Obviously, without having to wait days for it. Um, but like I said, I'm super excited about the situation. I will keep you guys posted. Remember, like, rate, and subscribe to the Justin Times Sports Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, do not forget to uh, follow and turn on the post notifications for at J Time Sports. I repeat, at J Time Sports. Um, it's uh, Justin Time Sports. You should see um, our handle there. But that is all I have for you guys today in this quick little Lamar Jackson special, about 22 minutes long. Um, quick little Lamar Jackson special, just to give you guys a little fact, a little opinion, a little intro. Maybe it's not all the big yelling and screaming of some of these debate shows um, and some of these other content media areas. So give you some facts, give you some opinion, and send you guys on the rest of your Tuesday. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Uh, you will hear from me again Thursday morning, as always. Uh, this is your owner and host, Justin Jackson, signing off.